Welcome back guys to part two of this week's series, Anxiety and Depression. Um, so let's finish off where I was talking about my story yesterday. So I left off of the story at the point where I did my first pro show. Now, during this entire time, just a little recap, I started to do drugs every day. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing Molly, I'm doing ketamine, I'm doing G, I'm doing pills, I'm doing, I'm drinking, I'm, you name it, I was fucking around with it at the time. Smoking weed, obviously, that was a normal thing. This isn't through my entire pro prep for my pro first pro show. At the goddamn show, I was doing bumps of drugs to, ha to have fun at the show because I'm like, I made it to the show. I'm high on the stage of my first professional bodybuilding career. I don't even have much recollection of it. I don't remember much of it because I was so fucked up by that day of the show. I was more worried about going out in Atlantic City with all my friends and getting a table at the club and going out all fucking night. I was more excited for that than the actual show. Now, if you look at the bodybuilding pictures, you would never even know. You would never even know. But you can ask anybody in my circle that was there that day. There's probably about 30, 40 people there for me that day that can all second. Even my parents probably could tell you how fucked up I was. I was mangled, guys. I was not there. I was not coherent. Let me just tell you that much. And somehow I was able to pose and somehow I was able to manage not passing out on stage. I actually had a great time. I remember just having a great time. I remember everything was just so much fun. Everyone's like miserable backstage. I'm high as a kite. Um, it was crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's a great story to tell, but it's not something I'm proud of. It, it's actually really fucking gross and disgusting. Um, but... I lived, I lived another day to tell this story, and that's why I'm here telling you guys this because this is what happens eventually when you have no balance in your life for so long. This is what happens when you push the gas pedal too hard for too long and you don't know how to, how to recover from it. My way of you know recovering from the self-sabotage of body, being a professional bodybuilder and pushing myself for so hard and isolating myself and not having fun and not having balance for so long was doing this to myself. This is not going to happen to everybody. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you. But this is what happened to me. It could be worse. It could be it could be could be a lot easier for some people. But for me, at that point in my life, I was miserable inside. And this is when the, the dark depression started, 2015, guys. This went on for years until 2020, basically. This went on for years. When I'm saying dark, I mean fucking dark. Now, at no point did I want to kill myself, but let me tell you, the thoughts that would cross my mind were fucking dark. They were they were fucked up. They were not in the right state of mind. Um, but I knew if I didn't go to work, I knew if I didn't hustle, my bills weren't going to get paid. I lost all my sponsors. Now I'm just, to me, in my mind, I'm just a regular Joe. Because now I'm like, I don't have magazines, I don't have sponsors, I don't have anyone that cares about me, I don't give a fuck about social media, I don't care about this, I don't care about that. Now I feel like even my friends and these associates I fuck with are going to look at me differently because, you know, at that point in my life, a lot of people might have been around me because of only because of who I was. And I wasn't anything spectacular. I'm a very humble person. I did not think who I was at all. But these people thought I had this like spectacular life for some reason because I was a professional bodybuilder, but it was actually the last thing it was. Um, 
So now I remember this this part of my life distinctly because this is where I was living by myself at this point. My roommate just moved out because he got engaged, who's still one of my good friends. And I remember just being in solitude for the first time in a very long time, no girlfriend, no roommate, and just being in my bedroom for like months on end, not leaving with the blinds shut and being in the dark, just living off the money I had, wasn't working, had nothing going on for myself. I mean, literally nothing going on for myself. Yes, I was, I had clients and stuff like that, but I had nothing, like it, it, nothing to show for what all the work I just did my entire life. Now you literally, I went from being this ambitious, motivated, happy, you could never knock me down type of guy to this, you know, uh, dark, introvert, lonely, just miserable and riddled with this thing. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what anxiety was, but I had it. Went to the hospital. I mean, probably... I remember my first hospital visit when I called the ambulance when I was by myself and they took me out of the stretcher and I was at the time I was living in this like really nice apartment building. And one of my friends down the hallway was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, dude. Like he thought it was like something bodybuilding. I'm like, no, I'm just like my heart like my chest didn't feel good at the time. I was getting like these chest pains that were like, it literally felt like someone stabbing you. If anyone that's had a panic attack knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's probably the most uncomfortable feeling you could ever imagine I don't wish it on anybody and I was like I just don't feel good man I gotta I gotta get to the hospital I was there for like a month because they didn't want me to leave because at the time you know not that I was fresh off doing a show but the show was pretty recent so my blood levels weren't the greatest they weren't back to where they should have been yet let's say that I'm still like slightly shredded I'm pretty fucking jacked because I'm rebounding it's like two three months after the show so I look pretty crazy okay Mind you, my blood levels are not good. My All my hormones are through the roof. <laughs> and this guy comes in and says he has heart problems. So they're like very skeptical about me leaving. Um, then they saw like my liver enzymes up in, 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 you know, crazy numbers, kidney, you know, like all this craziness. And they're like, what are you doing to yourself? You know, they give you the speech bullshit. And mind you, I brought the drugs with me in my pocket so I can get high in the hospital. This is what my life came to because I know I couldn't live without them. I knew I would withdraw. So I brought the drugs with me to the hospital. I remember doing bumps of drugs in the hospital. I remember popping pills in the hospital because if I knew I couldn't stop, obviously, and I couldn't, I was not withdrawing in the hospital. Let me tell you that. That was not happening. So that's when I knew, I'm like, this is fucking bad. I'm like, this is really bad. So I'd go through, you know, I was there for a solid three, four weeks. The first time I, I got, was admitted to the hospital, I came home and then one of my friends came over. He started to take care of me. I didn't know what was wrong, guys. At this point, I wasn't medicated on anything. Um, I was just chewing Xanax like a fucking madman, like Tic Tacs, because I was just, I didn't want to feel that uncomfortableness. You know, I didn't want to feel the, the, the chest of tightening up. I didn't want to feel shaky. I didn't want to feel like I was going to pass out. I didn't want to feel the, the arms tingling, you know, when you get the real bad stress, like the anxiety attacks and your arms are just like, they have no feeling to them. You feel like your legs are going to go out from underneath you. It's like the stomach aches. Like I would shit my pants all day, not literally, but I would be shitting myself all day. People underestimate 
when they say they have anxiety. Like I think a lot of people don't even know what real anxiety is. And when I say it was the worst moments of my life, I remember right after this, I thought I was good to go. And I went, I wanted to go see my friends. We went out to a bar and had some food and just ate dinner. And of course, one thing leads to another, like, let's go out for a little bit. And I'm like, all right. So we go to a strip club. This is a little off topic, but it's a good story. And they're like, let's go to another place. Let's go to another place. Now, mind you, it's like 1.30. And I'm like, we started at like 7 for dinner. And I'm like, dude, I got to go home. Like, I, I already knew I was in bad shape. And they're like, no, you're fine, bro. We're in the middle of Queens. If anyone knows Queens, it's like, it's hit or miss, the area. We pull over on the Cross Bronx Expressway, which is like the craziest fucking road in the world, okay? In the middle of the night. Because I was like, I have to puke. And they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to puke right now. I'm hyper. I was like hyperventilating. I, I was a mess. I started sweating. So they let me on the side of the road. For, and it was like freezing cold outside. And then I was just puking my brains out. I didn't know what was wrong. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why am I puking now? So then I got back in the car. I'm like, take me to the hospital. And they're like, what? They're like, Nick, what are you talking about? What's wrong? And I'm like, take me to the hospital right now. So as he's driving to the hospital, I was like, pull over again. <laughs> And he didn't get a chance to pull over. Now I'm projectile vomiting out the window because I'm like, I don't know what. The, my stress was so, my chest was like, I thought I was having a heart attack. I literally thought at this point, it's over. I'm like, I'm vomiting. My chest is tightening up. I'm like, it's over. So I literally made them stop on the side of the road, put me in an Uber because I couldn't be in the car with them anymore because they were stressing me out so much. They kept asking me what's wrong. And I took an Uber to the hospital. And then I ended up being there from like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and came home Monday in the same clothes. And I just remember that distinct point when I'm saying, like, I have to snap out of this. Like, what the fuck am I doing going out? Why am I trying to push it? I need to worry about myself. I need to focus on myself. But that moment, that weekend was, like, the biggest eye-opener to me for some reason. And I just remember just being a fucking, like, I looked like the craziest person in front of my friends. And I'm they to this day, we talk about that story because they, like, legit thought I was having a heart attack. I mean, I probably could have. I could have been. Who knows? Um I mean, there's just so many stories like that, guys, going to the hospital, like like in my pajamas, like in my underwear pretty much because I, I just run out of the house and I call 911 or drive myself in the middle of the night because I feel like I was going to have a heart attack and die in my house by myself. And I was like, I don't want to die by myself. I want someone to find my body. That's how, you, that's how my mind used to register. I'm like, if I'm going to die, I want at least everyone know I died. I don't want to be in my apartment and like found like weeks later, you know, like. That's how, where your mind goes when you start feeling like that. You start all the worst thoughts in the fucking world start going through your mind. Not like, not like you know, the, the world's going to end, but just your life's going to end. Your world's over. And you go through some really dark shit in your mind. Like, I, I don't remember how dark it was, but I just remember thinking about it after this whole thing when it first happened. And I've just been saying to myself, like, how the fuck did my mind even go there? Like, like, what was I even doing that for it to go there? Like, it, you can't even process these things now if I talked about them. It wouldn't even make sense. And if anyone's had dark depression, dark anxiety, they know what I'm talking about. So the story's getting stagnant, but I just wanted to press, like, how hard it was for me to get out of this. So this went on for a very long time, guys. Then one of my friends moved in. Then he moved out, and I was alone again. Now, let's fast forward like two, three years. Let's actually fast forward two years. My current girlfriend, my soon-to-be whatever, she um, 
she moved in. Okay. So she's been my friend for a very long time. She moved in and this was probably the best thing for me at the time because I, I shouldn't have been alone. And she started to help me get out, like go out in public. Cause at the time I couldn't even leave my apartment guys. Like I would open my apartment door and I would look at the elevator and I would get like, like stuck because of the anxiety. Like it would get so bad. I, I couldn't even function. And she would like help me do baby steps. Like, let's go get lunch somewhere. Let's go do this somewhere. Let's do that. And she like babied me along, like, a, like literally like a premature child. Like I, I literally had to like start from like, like ground zero up again to become a, an adult. Then I opened my first gym and that was like the kickoff thing for me to come back. And then that started to give me really bad anxiety because all the human interactions, all my responsibilities I had, all the stress from building the gym out. Cause it was just from, I built it from scratch. It was a personal training studio. And that just, that was really good in the beginning. Cause I had something to focus on. And then once like reality set in all these responsibilities set in all these bills set in, then all the stress anxiety came back and I ended up having to outsource like people to work there for the time being my friend, Aaron, especially Aaron, if you watch this and Aaron took over and for the time being when I was going through this and I was like, dude, you got to train everybody. I can't do this. And this would repeatedly go on guys for almost five years. This started in 2015 and the middle of the end of 2015 till literally like January of this year is when I really started to feel like myself, like literally felt like myself. There was like really good. There was like some sunshine here and there. But for the most part, 2019 was pretty cloudy and gloomy. My girlfriend hated me. We were fighting because of me. We were having really bad days because of me. I was the toxic person in the relationship and I needed to fix myself. I didn't know how it was not about her. It wasn't about anything. It was just about me fixing my shit, getting my shit together. It was no one else's responsibility at this point because I've dragged her through the mud at this point for years. We've been dating now for four years. She literally was going to like, you know, kill me. <laughs> you know, she loved me, but she knew this was nothing that she could fix. And when I talk about this like this, because I want people to understand that, watch this. This is no one else's problem. This is no one else's uh, problem to fix. You have to figure this out on your own. Other people are not going to have the answers for you. And this is where the lessons are going to start. This is video two, but I want people to understand this along the way that all those years I looked at everyone else to help me. And the answer was just inside of me. It wasn't when anyone was going to tell me what to do. It wasn't what a therapist was going to help me with, which down the road, a therapist did help. But at the time I was looking for the answers in someone else. And mind you, the answer the whole entire time, when I get to the last video, I'll tell you was literally just inside of me. If I just listened to myself, I started doing what I wanted. I started ignoring what other people wanted. I started trying to appease everyone else. I started, I stopped trying to take care of everybody else and put myself last. That's when my real freedom and, and my life started to flourish. That's when my life like took off. And this is, this is like 2017, right? Yeah. 2017. Yeah. It's been three years now going on four. That's when I opened the first gym and then I opened the second gym. That's why I started all my full blown coaching business. That's when I, you know, I dedicated myself now to coaching and personal training and the gym. And that's when I realized, fuck man, like I wish I was doing this X amount of time earlier, but now at this point I couldn't look at the past anymore. I had to just focus on the future and what was coming and what I could do to prevent any more anxiety attacks, any more panic attacks, any more issues. And the, the, 
the biggest thing I want to stress is that for majority of my bodybuilding career, yes, I was absolutely happy. And then I started to realize that going to the gym became a chore because I didn't make it fun anymore. I started to stress about the dumbest things. I started worrying about the littlest things that were irrelevant of my success as a bodybuilder. I started to worry about all the other things that people told me that I should be worrying about. Mind you, I am more successful than all these people at this time. Okay. They're telling me this. I have a better body than them. I have better results than them. I'm more successful than them. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better than them, but I was lowering myself to what other people thought was the solution to being a professional bodybuilder, becoming the best bodybuilder. I started worrying about all the things that people just felt like, you know, being negative uh, about. And I started focusing all my energy on those things instead of focusing my energy on all the things that mattered, all the positive people in my life. I gave the people that were more negative in my life, more attention because I was so set on proving to myself that I can like turn them into a positive person or a believer, I should say. And I realized my life became me chasing down people that are miserable. And that's not the way to live. And I see so many other people doing the same thing. And I still get caught up in once in a while because I'll answer some jerk off on Instagram or whatever comment and entertain his, his bullshit and his negativity. And I'm like, no, Nick, you got to correct yourself. Focus on the people that believe in you and, and actually uh, uh, get motivated from your, your work, get, that get help from your work, that learn from you. Don't focus. And this was going, this was, this went on with people in my life, not just Instagram comments. This was going on with people in my life. I was trying to convince these people that were my supposedly my best friends, but were the most negative people you could possibly be around. They were not bringing anything to the table as a friend. They were not helping me in any way. They're not contributing. It was all about them. Right. And I had a lot of like, yes, people in my life, you know, the yes men. And for me to come to the realization that I thought these people were my best friends and they were like my ride or die boys and all this was extremely heartbreaking. I know that might sound petty to some other men out there, but when you realize that the guys that you thought were your like boys, like your best friends. And, and now listen, the years that you're friends with somebody that, that you accumulate with that person does not equal them being your best friend. Some of the best people I have in my life, actually the two best people I have in my life, I've known probably the shortest amount of time and I've had the least interactions with them in person compared to these people. Because it's not about that. It's just about the person as a, as a whole. It's like, what is their, uh, like, what do they bring to the table? What, what, what is their responsibility in life? Do they really care about you? Like, who is that person to the core? And you can't change that when you become friends with somebody. You're just accepting them for whatever they are. You guys may sing. You might get along. You may, you may uh, you know, vibe really well. But that doesn't mean that they're the best person for you to be friends with. There is so much jealousy and uh, hate in people's blood, guys, that would go right over my head. And I wouldn't see it, but my, my true friends, like my girlfriend and my other best friends, saw it. But I didn't see it. And I, I, was always, I was always the person that would say, hey, you know what? He's always good to me or she's always good to me. I, I'm not, I have no reason to be mean to her or for not be friends with her. But other people would tell me, like, yeah, but Nick... They're not bringing anything to the table. They're not helping you. They're all about themselves. They don't, they don't really care about you. They're just here for the ride. They're just here for the, and I never saw it. And this went on for, you know, my entire life, guys. I was, I'm a very nice person. If you know me in person, 
I might not be the nicest guy on Instagram because people piss me off. But if you met me in person, you would probably love me. And I get along with everybody. I really don't have a problem with anybody. I really don't. And it's hard for me to see the bad in people because I'm always trying to see the good. And that's one thing I had to learn the hard way. And I accept that I did fuck up a lot when I was a kid. I did fuck up when I was growing because, you know, everyone wants to have a lot of friends. Everyone wants to, like, be the cool guy. Everyone wants to have a bunch of boys that are, you know, hang out with and go out with. But the reality of it is, which hit me hard in the face, I mean, like, like Mike Tyson knockout punch was that most people are not out for you. They're out for themselves and they don't give a flying fuck about you. You're sometimes your best friends are the ones that hate you the most deep down. They envy you the most. And that's like a real harsh statement to make. But I had to come to the conclusion that that is the truth to most people. They really aren't out here for you. They're not out to be your boy. They're out to just gain something from you or get something from you, whatever it is that they can gain from it. And I realized I was just giving, 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 giving. And I was getting nothing back from any of my friendships. And then the day, guys, your friendships have to be some type of a business relationship when you get older. Like I help you, you help me. I give you, what do you give me? It's not about just, hey, you're there for um, you know a phone call. Uh, or there, you're just there to like go out to dinner with. That doesn't make them a best friend. That doesn't make them your boy. My best of the best friends, would they do way more than I could ever do for them because that's how much they care about me. And, I, and it's not that I like it that way. It's just that that's how it should be. You should always be trying to one-up each other as a friend. Like, oh, I'm going to surprise uh, Joe with this. I'm going to surprise Bob with this. I'm going to do that for Joe. Like you get excited to do stuff for them because you know it'll be reciprocal. They will do something for you. And just fun to have a friendship like that and a relationship like that. My girlfriend is the most giving person on this planet. And I couldn't have met a nicer woman, let alone she's hot as death, let alone being the nicest person you could possibly ever meet. And everybody loves her because she is so giving and loving and caring. And she's so selfless. She gives everything to me that I want. And I don't even ask. She just gives And that's how your friendship should be, guys. It should be like you're dating them. It should be very selfless. And that's how I treat my friends. Like, my boys are like, I go to bat for them. I'll do anything for them. And they're always right in my mind. Regardless of how bad it is, I'm still going to protect them. I might not not believe in what they say, but I'm going to protect them. That's how it should be. And this is where my life really took a turn for the better because I started to remove the trash in my life. And let's go on to part three tomorrow, guys. I'm going to leave it at that. I appreciate you guys listening to this. I hope a lot of you guys take something from this. And I'm going to get to the lessons during the end of this this uh, segment this week, you know, like Thursday and Friday. I have a lot of things I want to tell you guys about that will really help people that are struggling with anxiety and stress and depression. Um, but remember, this video is sponsored by Savior Sarms and Body Sign Supps. 25% off. Use code SAVERSALE25. Love you guys.